0: Salam and welcome to another TMV podcast brought to you by the Muslim Vibe. As always, I'm your host Salim Qasim. and um, this week is a uh, quite a heavy topic. Um, I, I do appreciate that it's kind of like the Eid weekend, um, but I didn't really think. Um, um, yeah, I wasn't really thinking of like how what kind of Eid content we should get out, but. Um, As you'll have seen from the the, the topic, um, sorry, the title of this podcast, uh, I sat down um, in the week with uh, Sister Barak Hussain, who's been on the podcast quite a few times. Um, She's kind of our go-to counsellor when we're dealing with anything uh, mental health related. Um, And we had another, so we did it, I think, a few weeks back, but we did it again. We went on Instagram Live and we spoke about... um, Domestic abuse, um, and looked at it from. Or we started out by kind of setting out the different types of abuse and the, the journey that um, people kind of go down, and then um, started taking questions on the Instagram live from people that were commenting, and had like a, a as always, kind of like a, a, a bending and wind, why, winding. This is I'm still fasting. This is the problem. Um, but yeah, we had like a wide ranging um conversation uh, just looking at this space and I, I think ultimately and the reason i wanted to have the, the conversation primarily for myself was to get a bit of a better understanding of things like you know what signs to look out for in relationships because often and i mention it in the conversation often like we see things happen once everything's public and it's like oh you know this is this has transpired it's like i wish i knew i wish i could have done something and often there are signs um, that we can look out for and we should look out for, but we just don't see it, whether it's in our own relationship or whether it's in someone else's relationship. And I think it's it's important that we're aware um, of how to address this and deal with it. Um, so I, I, like usual, um, Sister Brack was very grateful was, God, I really can't speak today, guys. I, I apologise. Um, I was saying, like usual, Sister Barak was very gracious in um, giving up her lunch hour, although obviously she's fasting and it's Ramadan, but she gave up an hour um, in the middle of her work day to spend time um, having this conversation with me. Um, I know it's a subject area that she feels very passionately about, and she's been doing a lot of talks um, on Instagram Live and, and various Zoom calls and everything else where, where, we, where she's been talking about this topic in, in particular. Um, there is a call that sorry there's an account that we discuss like someone's personal account of having experienced um and surviving domestic abuse um i'm gonna put the link in the bio please 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 do have a listen because i think it's really really important um for people to have a a a lived example of it um or to see a lived perspective of it um to then when we're talking about the more technical side of things you can almost like and we do this with one example or two examples but you can almost see right this is this form of abuse and this is how it manifests because sometimes when you have a theoretical conversation and when you necessarily haven't seen something up close and personal it becomes a little bit abstract and difficult to um, actualize it in your head so um, definitely give that a lesson a listen sorry I'll put the link in the description without further ado here's my conversation with sister Barack. Salaam, Sister Barak. Ma'alikum Thank you very much for, for joining me again. Um, I think to to start off the conversation, as you've just mentioned to the people watching on Instagram Live, we wanted to address the conversation around domestic abuse and domestic violence. I think from my perspective, primarily, I thought it'd be an interesting um, topic to talk about. And I've actually had a few people recommend that we um, we talk about this and address this. Is because of the fact that we're, in a time where people are locked locked at home um, due to coronavirus and we're finding ourselves kind of almost and i think as the weeks go on increasingly everyone is feeling like a bit of a caged animal um and sometimes because we don't have our gyms we don't have our sports we don't have like our regular whatever activities we would do to release the tension and and whatever it might be um I think already people are seeing that there's been a rise in um, like, so we're recording hopefully with Muslim youth helpline and they've been talking about the fact they've had a huge increase in calls. Um, And so I'm going to be talking to Zora in a couple of days actually about that. And we're going to put that out, but also um, domestic abuse um, charities are are saying that they've also had increased calls and everything else. So I thought it would, it's important for people and even for myself, because I don't know a lot about the topic, but to understand the kind of start to finish or the a to z of this whole subject i know we're not going to be able to necessarily tackle the whole thing in an hour but i thought it's worth at least the the initial step so from two perspectives firstly if we can talk about what are the signs to look out for because i think a lot of people assume that domestic abuse is domestic violence and we always think about the physical so you know if if someone doesn't have a black eye or a bruise somewhere then oh they must be fine everything is good but obviously we know that there's a lot more to it, and sometimes there's kind of a journey that that um, that happens essentially alongside that. I think there are some key terms that are worth appreciating and defining so on one of our first podcasts that we did together, like uh, probably two years ago you you introduced me to the term gaslighting um, right. and and that was the first time i'd heard of it and and I think maybe for a lot of people that were listening then maybe they hadn 't come across that term before, so um I thought that it would be good to kind of revisit some of that. And then finally, um, I don't know how we'll do all of this in an hour, but we'll try. Um, and yeah. Finally, I wanted to talk about not just looking at signs kind of within your own household or your own relationship and understanding and, and appreciating things, but then also if you are worried that a family member or a friend might be going through this, how do you support them? What are the kind of key words and phrases that you're looking out for um, and everything else? So that's the the outline of what I want to be able to discuss Um, ambitious I think Mm -hmm. but let's let's see what we can do Uh, there's a there's a comment here that's just saying love the color coordination I'm sure this wasn't planned but it's worked out quite nice
1: yeah (laughs) um, it's funny I guess subconsciously I wear colors that match the topic and purple is the color that's used for domestic violence and domestic abuse awareness so It just so happens to be the colors of the Muslim vibe as well. So interestingly enough. So yes. Yeah. So definitely you've given a good outline in terms of what we want to explore that we're going to try our best inshallah to get within the hour because I am during my lunch break right now from work. Uh, But since we're fasting, there's no need for actual lunch, but food for the mind is definitely valuable for us with this topic. So definitely when we think of domestic violence or abuse the image that we get is of a man beating his wife at home and his kids but that's not so much the case we know now that it's happening to both men and women and not necessarily the physical because we get the image of the physical in reality it there there's almost a process that leads up to the physical it doesn't immediately happen right away right mm-hmm. so there's different different categories of abusive behavior which have their own consequences and that could eventually lead to physical right and leaves so much destruction on the victims including children who observe um the violence who are witness to that right so let's go through some of these categories and as we go through them we'll probably think of scenarios that we've come across of people and say oh i wasn't aware of this and these these also can be seen as signs for you as well so let's look at them so let's take a look at control All right. And so the idea of control is controlling a behavior's way of the abuser to maintain dominance over their victim. This controlling behavior is the belief that they are justified in this behavior and the resultant abuse is the core of domestic violence, right? It's very subtle and insidious and very pervasive. So control could be in terms of being able to see the scent or the red sign on your phone, potentially, unless it's something you agree as a couple or a family or you don't care. It could be, I need to see where you're going all the time. So uh, GPS on your phone, right? Mm. Who are you talking to? Um, You're not allowed to go here. You're not allowed to go to the message. You're not allowed to go to your parents' house, right? This in in turn, what does this control do? It isolates the victim and the controller, the abuser is, Very much aware of what they're doing in terms of trying to keep that person isolated from speaking or connecting with other people. Sometimes it's in the form of "I love you. I don't want anybody else to see you. You're mine." So it can be seen like that at the beginning, right? It can be used under the idea of love, but essentially it is how we get to the other forms of abuse. What are your thoughts on that when you hear that?
0: So I'm just, I'm again, I'm I'm thinking out loud here. Like I, I, the reason I wanted to have this this conversation is is to for me to kind of hear the whole uh thing in one and and be able to kind of reconcile bits because i'm like based on what you said with regards to knowing where somebody is or whatever it might be i've seen that manifested in many different relationships in many different ways so sometimes it can be a case of protection like i want to make sure that you're protected at all times i need to know where you are other times it can be suspicion obviously based on oh you have xyz friends i don't like or whatever Um, right but I, I'm also just thinking that I feel like people don't set out in relationships to be abusive, if you know what I mean. Um, no,
1: they they don't necessarily, but this behavior can be triggered or it, it depending on the personality of the other person as well.
0: Yeah. Right. So sometimes. So, sorry to, to cut you off, but yeah. you mentioned that it's kind of like a, a journey, right? So yes. is it is it a process of things evolving and as you said like initially it can become i want to know where you are so that you're you're safe then it's i want to know where you are to control you and then it just escalates and then a line is crossed and then physical abuse happens is that how it
1: there's no linear way yeah there's no linear way how it progresses but it's up and down and it could be seen and manifested through these Mm. so we talked about control we also looked at isolation right as a form of abuse which again is related to the control. So it's not an isolated behavior because this is, the outcome of many kinds of abuse that you see so by keeping the victim from seeing who they want to see doing what they want to do uh, you know setting and meeting their goals this is how controlling the victim thinks and feels so the perpetrators isolating the victim from the resources whether it's personal or public which mm-hmm. may help them leave the relationship as well so again this is not linear it doesn't just all of a sudden happen and say all right so I am now isolating you 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 see that happening in their actions over Time, right? Yeah. There's also the emotional abuse, right? Which is any behavior that exploits another's vulnerability, insecurity, or character. And this these behaviors include continuous degradation of the person, intimidation, manipulation, brainwashing, or control of another person to be detriment. Uh, of the individual so you see right there this is common verbal uh, emotional abuse psychological abuse right it's around there now let's go further okay with verbal abuse coercion threats blame okay so verbal abuse is any abuse language to denigrate embarrass or threaten the victim Okay, Mm -hmm. so this is this is also part of it right there. Now, this can also uh, lead or it could be all part of the financial abuse. So let's say, you know, a couple gets into an argument or just it's happening in the family. could be siblings, too, by the way. Right. And what happens there is the victim is now in a position like this. Right. Where they constantly have to try and please Mm -hmm. their their abuser so they the the manipulator the abuser could say you know what would really make me happy is if i ha- if i have access to your accounts your salary your money oh you know as a couple you know maybe you know especially in the muslim household where women are not Sharan required to give their money or salary over. It's supposed to have to help the family, but it's her money, right? And we see this a lot within our communities where it's good for you to share your money. It's good that you know we put it towards the mortgage or the bills of the house, et cetera, et cetera. And I know a lot of couples do this, and bless them. It doesn't mean you're in an abusive relationship. But you see the dynamic here, right? Where he would call her all sorts of names. And, or she would be, you're not sharing, you're not giving me, I want that Prada, you know, purse and the shoes, just like, what's her name? You know, like you see how it works both ways. Mm. We mostly hear it in the form of male versus females, right? So she then agrees to this as a way of pleasing her partner. He has control now over her finances. He chooses where the money goes. If she dares say anything, then she doesn't respect her husband. She's not helping the family etc etc so you see how now the manipulation occurs right with the verbal yeah now we also there's also religious abuse and this is a very delicate one which I explored with the uh, Sheikh Fayez Jaffer a few weeks ago and it's important for our viewers please look at that video as well because in that through the Nasimco website and YouTube channel we also included in there an audio of a woman who described her experience of abuse and she herself talked about didn't start off with the physical and she went through the different stages right so i i I encourage people after they're done this to to check it out
0: so that i will put the link in the description and and i'm glad as well you made me listen to that audio clip before we had this conversation and and the sister kind of details her story um and and the various different forms of abuse which i think was was almost a bit fascinating um i mean heartbreaking obviously to to, to imagine that someone's had to live through that but it's it's incredible to see the kind of progression the different forms so so the example of her story with regards to religious abuse there was her husband was basically saying that oh you know you're praying all this extra salah but you can't even like do your basics of of like the cooking and cleaning to look after the house at the same time he was he was abusing her um, financially from the perspective of when she stopped working, I think he was saying that, you know, you, you don't contribute to the house or whatever. All your, like yeah. your job is basically to cook and clean and to, to look after the house. This is now your responsibility, that's it. And, yeah. and belittling her and isolating her in that way. Um, right. And it, it's, it's, it's quite amazing to see how it kind of evolves um and and i guess snowballs and then and then ultimately in 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 her case in particular it, it resulted in in physical you know physically being um abused and beaten and and you mentioned kind of control and, and an interesting thing that her husband said to her in, in her particular case was he said that um like c- when they're having arguments and things are heated he says control yourself before i control you or before i have to control you coercion
1: um, intimidation right there
0: yeah, yeah. And, and there's mm-hmm. this like weird dynamic at play. Um, c- can I ask uh, from, from your kind of more clinical um, side, although this, this whole conversation is about that, but what, how, how and why, like what's the root cause of, of people becoming abusive? I know okay. it's a very so broad they- question.
1: It is. And there's a few factors and it's an excellent question we need to understand because sometimes there's a cycle to begin with that the abuser could have been abused themselves, whether sexually, physically, emotionally, they probably grew up in a household where this was emulated, modeled in front of them as the norm. Mm. Right? So then they continue what they were brought up with in that cycle. It could be that they were bullied. It could be that they have low self-esteem. So they need to feel good about themselves by dominating and hurting another person and you know this is a sick personality that is quite out there not just in an abusive household so to speak but people who thrive on that kind of power right and it's a very borderline behavior as well as a narcissistic behavior Mm -hmm. they get their jollies so to speak by dominating and hurting other people when they know they've hurt other people they themselves feel good about themselves So it's a very strange dynamic, and it's sick. It truly is. And so this is where you see that in the household, potentially. And it could be because of these factors. So there's not one specific factor. Mm -hmm. And Lisa Vogel, who's spoken with you, and I've also spoken with her publicly about domestic violence, and I'll use her example, where she said that her partner was somebody who was outwardly very religious in the community, was the first one to read the Quran or the dua or offer to do anything publicly in front of everybody. Like, yeah. Mashallah, brother, mashallah. This mashallah brother, look what he did at home. So sometimes the abuser can portray themselves out there in the community, to the world, in their workplace, as charming, as religious, as kind, helpful, helping other people, when in fact at home, don't let me swear publicly, <laughs> he's this type I, of character I, towards their family
0: i was going. by say the way I,
1: females too females too by the way not just males
0: I, I'm, I'm glad you're making that clarification as well constantly i think it's important to to appreciate that that abuse obviously does go both ways but i i think at the same time the the large majority of cases are still male you know men essentially abusing their wives or or significant others so that we've had a few questions and i think yeah. I'm going to start with the most recent one that's just come in because it actually links to to Lisa and the conversation that I had with her. So um, she was on the TMV podcast, uh, must have been about two years ago now, and she was talking about the phenomenal success she's had with Verona Collection, but then also she was talking about domestic abuse and and her story because at the time she had just started talking about it publicly and was yes, kind of helping people. And the question that I asked her is similar to what we've just had come in. Um, so someone asks here in the questions, what's the reason for, in the comments, sorry, what's the reason for people sticking in relationships when they've seen signs of abuse? So similar to, to what I asked Lisa, and I learned quite a, an important lesson that day. Um, I asked her, I was like, well, you know, you knew this was going on. Why didn't you tell someone? Why didn't you leave? And it's the same question, I think, that everybody asks people who have been in abusive relationships for a long time. And I think um, if I can at least jump in from one side and then you can correct anything that I say, but I think often what happens is that you, you still love this person. This is the person you fell in love with. It's the person you spent years with, often have a child with. Yes. You're emotionally invested in them. Um, and so when you see wrong, and it's like anyone, you know, when you see wrong in your friends and your family, you're willing to overlook certain things because they're still a good friend, you know, they, they still treat you right in other ways. And I think when it comes to abuse, because it's a journey, and as you said, it's not linear, but there are many different um, iterations of how things are played out. But it becomes one of those things where like, you're willing to forgive, oh, he just, he accidentally did this, or she accidentally did That's how did it
1: that. builds up. Exactly. That's how and then you up.
0: just become habituated. And also, there's an element of shame. And I've had like we, we've had a lot of people send in, you know, content to the Muslim vibe in terms of articles. And one person was talking about a slightly different issue, but they didn't want to expose their, their spouse's wrongs because they didn't want to bring shame to them as well. Right. Um, right. And it's like, a, a, and there's almost like that, um, not, not self-blaming, but like you don't want to be the cause of them being publicly seen as negative in people's eyes and everything else. So I think there's, there's a lot of reasons um, from, from what I've heard in, in kind of exploring this space Is there anything that I've missed out in answer to that question?
1: I believe you've covered most of it. Yeah. The the sense of that you do love this person, that they love you. This is how they show their love, right? The sense of shame of possibly breaking up a family, right? Because essentially that's what's going to happen if this woman leaves, that you will... Break the family? How is this going to impact the children? Financially, uh, one of the biggest reasons why women stay in these relationships is because of finances. I'll give you a story. A few years ago, a woman in Toronto from a Somali family, it was public, uh, had four kids. She ran away from the abusive partner. The community did not support, she wasn't able to get emotional support or, or whatnot from the community, but also, financially she wasn't able to take care of her family she came back to him soon after we heard that he had killed her and the children it can lead to this kind of extremes and that's why it is so important that even though financially that can be a factor for people staying or even coming back to the relationship we need to as a community support but also support them financially so they don't feel that they have to go back there because this is this is what happened and this is not an isolated incident this happens outside of our community as well it's happening everywhere so let me rephrase that this is not a muslim issue this Mm -hmm. is everywhere but in our communities we're not talking about this as much as we should. We have in the last few years, alhamdulillah, through different mediums, especially when we've been talking about mental health, this one is coming out as well because of how it's impacting people. So love, shame, finances, right? And of course, the lack of support that we get, and i and i have to put the disclaimer out there that has been changing but we know the rhetoric is what when let's say a woman goes to a sheikh a scholar or a, a community head what is it that we hear be patient be patient or even family members be patient hmm. is this the time to be patient when he has laid his hand on her and the children when he has gaslighted the manipulated, projected his sickness and illness onto her, verbally abused her, sexually abused her, financially abused her, using religion as a way to abuse her, like you described earlier, you know, your prayers are not accepted by God because you don't listen to me, you don't take care of me. Yeah. Meanwhile, she's working day and night to please this person, and he's not appreciating because nothing is good enough. It's about that control. So we've covered most of these, right? And it's, and it becomes really hard too. Sometimes people are quite surprised, right? That they put, first of all, somebody mentioning they always put the blame on the woman. You did this. You didn't do better. You didn't do this, that, right? So we need to change that mentality. But what's really fascinating is that, and I lost my train of thought. It was right there and it left when I saw that is, comment. This is the problem with uh, Instagram
0: lives. Comments yeah, coming.
1: Um, no, that's great though. We want to keep the conversation because that's an excellent point. The woman um, feels that sure enough that she could try to do better to change him. That's not what I wanted to talk about though. It'll come back. Do you remember what I was saying right up until that point?
0: I, I got lost in the comment as well, to be honest. Yeah. I, I think people are now apologizing <laughs> for commenting. Guys, please, please no, do no, 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 Keep going, to,
1: keep coming. I'm writing It'll down questions
0: back. that are coming in. I think let's also, there's one question that's coming, which I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna ping on here. Um, I think. Can you see that on your screen as well?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So I, I think this is really interesting, and I know that we've. I'm pretty sure we've discussed this in the past, um, and and it was w- with regards to family, because it's one thing if you're in an abusive relationship, um, you can you can walk away, but when it's your parents, when it's your siblings, it's a lot more difficult to just be able to 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 step away from from that to sever ties, right? Um, how how can people deal with this? And, and I think also, I mean, whilst you're 100% right that the constant answer of be patient is not sufficient, I feel like it is also important that people at some point do actually start with patience, start yes. with trying trying the simple stuff of like mention Absolutely. to the person depending on what the relationship is. If it's your parents, if it's your mom or your dad who's criticizing X, Y, Z, who's making you feel like this, try and have that conversation. I think that's where it always starts. But then... And we're
1: not saying we're not saying to divorce or leave right away. There are steps to do, but however, if there is violence involved right away, if mm. the, and this is between a, a husband and a wife, I'll get to the parents in a second, mm. that needs to be nipped in the bud immediately because that's just going to grow. That's not going to change. Yeah. Now that's not to say that there are people who have realized their mistakes. Alhamdulillah, and they've worked on themselves and they have changed. We've heard of beautiful stories like that, too. They've made a mistake in raising their hands or being abusive in other ways, and they've rectified themselves. Alhamdulillah, they've been guided. But... For the most part, if, if the partner does not nip it in the bud right away, it's gonna grow. And that's something Lisa mm. and I spoke about a lot. When it comes to the family dynamics with parents, this is difficult. And I've seen this a lot with clients and people in the community come with this a lot. It's very tricky from a Muslim perspective as well, because you are supposed to respect and take whatever your parents take you. Discussing this with scholars in depth. The results also came out from these discussions that when it becomes physically abusive and hurtful, that's not accepted. Of course, there's no space, a place in that in our faith. This is where you need to get an an intervention where you get other people involved to come and speak with the family, right? Mm. Setting your boundaries. Sometimes it's really hard to get away from the situation right? Again, we don't encourage people to leave the household, but if it gets to the point where there's that constant abuse and physical, and it could come from a brother, it could come from a sibling, it could come from another family member, not just parents, right? And I'm dealing with these cases all of the time, whether it's my own work at the university or off campus within the community. It could be a sibling, it could be somebody else. This is common as well. The person needs to get away especially Mm. when you're living in this part of the world where there are shelters, there are community supports, there are help. If the intervention of the community is not helping or another elder or another person that you trust to talk to hasn't helped, in preventing the abuse, whether it's physical, emotional, or verbal, like they said, this person needs to leave because this is a cycle that it's going to continue. And it could get to the point where their lives could be lost. We hear this in honor killings. We hear this, you know, in Izzat. We hear this within our communities where people accuse other people of wrongdoings that it hasn't occurred, but because they have a mentality of protection and protecting the family honor or protecting what they need to as a family none of what happening inside has to go outside because it's so shameful
0: right it's it's interesting they do Uh, they
1: lead to this type of violence and abuse yeah
0: i was gonna say everything you're saying um for me at least is about narratives that we create in our own heads um so there's an interesting question here about um asking if if people ignore signs of of these issues during the engagement period out of love and i think that that's I, i i i definitely believe that's the case and a lot of it is about exactly that, right? Like we create this narrative that this person at that point in our lives is perfect. They can do no wrong. And and when there's like something where they might say something that's hurtful or do something wrong or whatever, we kind of think, oh, no, 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 I'm just being sensitive or I don't need to react. Or, oh, they'll change. You know, it's it's, it's just a one-off thing. Yes. And, and I think, like you said, it's it's so important, especially, and for those people who are single and, and who are looking to get married, inshallah, you know, you're, you're able to find someone Um, quickly and someone that's right for you but I think at that time it's really important to be so authentically yourself and ensure that whoever you're speaking to is also authentically themselves not to rush into kind of marriage or into a relationship without having your eyes open because and I feel like also because within our communities a lot of the time it's going to be like the first time you've really kind of spoken to someone from the opposite sex and it's very exciting and it's kind of there's there's loads of you know just hormones essentially flying around and and, and as a result your judgment is clouded um and and then two years later i think when the honeymoon period is fully kind of done and you're in the 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 trenches of life um that's when you realize who the other person sleeping on the other side of the bed is um and so it's so important to to be able to go in with your eyes open but then as i said like you mentioned i think when stuff uh, comes up you can't suppress it you have to kind of be able to address it straight away, have the conversation. If it means going to a therapist or a counselor, a couples counselor, do that. Um, but you need to resolve your issues because it just snowballs and result, resentment, I guess, can ultimately build. I apologize. I feel like I'm doing your job right now. Um,
1: you're doing a great job. You're not. I'm doing <laughs> I a be wonderful
0: job. But we've, we've, we've had these conversations so many times and like I, I've, been, I've been involved. My wife's actually currently doing a counseling course herself. Um, so it's really interesting like i'm 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 seeing and i'm learning loads from different sides um but yeah i mean there's there's more questions but if you have any any thoughts feel free to jump in while i go through them
1: yeah so what you're describing is exactly the case of what's happening right so people are caught up in the in the uh the romance, the lust, uh, the falling in love stage, which is normal, that you ignore these signs or you don't see them. Mind you, there are people who know somebody for such a long time and, even, and after they move in with them, then the reality of socks and dirty dishes and all that comes along. But then, then other stuff start happening. Sometimes the manipulator is so good at what they're doing, even the smartest person can be fooled by them. Can we talk so, about
0: gaslighting here? Sorry, sorry so you off.
1: No, that's exactly what we're getting into, right? Okay. So what is gaslighting essentially, right? The definition is that you manipulate somebody by psych- psychological means into questioning their own reality, making you feel that you are the one who is crazy, that you are the one who is wrong. So when you are in that position, you are then going to be constantly wanting to please that person to get their approval and questioning your sanity like did I really say that did I really think that did I really express that out loud so again it's a very manipulative form of control that the person has and they also what they tend to do in the gaslighting is they project their behavior their faults their lack of self-esteem onto you right and so then you start feeling like yeah I am I am selfish uh, oh I should have done this for them oh wow, they're so right about that. I am such an ABC. Do you see how that works? It's sick. It's absolutely sick that people do that. And they get that sense of surge of power when they see you in that weak position. And it just gives them more and more power.
0: Someone's just asked for an example of gaslighting. Can, can you think of anything or anything that you've had to deal with, with your okay. agents, clients? So,
1: so you, so somebody, you know, they're arguing or fighting and this person did not actually say something. Okay. So this person then will say, you said this, you actually said this. There could be other people around and say, did they not just say that? They said that, they said that. But in fact, this person didn't. It was the other person. Now, I know we we argue and have fights with our partners all the time. And normal, healthy argument is good. And it's also important to make up and other people see that. I'm not talking about the normal cases here. I'm talking about some incidences where you actually said that. And you're like, but but no, no, this was, I, I didn't actually say that. And you know, 100%, you did not say that. But they continue to persist to convince you that. On top of it, they will tell you, you're insane like they could actually say that there's something wrong with you did you forget about that that you actually said and did this incident and so you end up almost believing hmm. that you didn't say this when like that, that you said this when you didn't so this is a very simple example but then well, I, this can guess... continue
0: I guess this is also part of like being isolated. So for example, if it's if it's someone who doesn't necessarily get out of the house, not doesn't have many friends, has limited interaction, and then within that kind of construct, their partner is able to manipulate and mold them in this way that you're kind of saying, right? Um it's yeah, it, I I mean it, it's I didn't realize there was so much kind of complexity in this space. And only when we I think had the the first few conversations on the podcast must be like almost two three years ago yes. um, that that we, I, I my eyes were open to just how how the fact that people can be so manipulative that there are like specific terms for different types of manipulations in relationships um, just goes to show like how crazy this kind of space and spectrum is um, moving the the conversation on slightly to i guess how to approach and deal with people. Um, who you suspect might be in abusive relationships, be it friends, family, whatever, what are the signs to look out for? Because I think this is, this is ultimately it, because I, I know, for example, um, when, when people in the community or just people that, that people have known have committed suicide or yeah. have done something quite extreme with their lives, whatever it might be, often people will come forward and say, Oh, like, I wish I knew, I wish he said something. I wish she said something. I wish there was a sign. And often there are signs, but we're just not trained to look out for them. So specifically with domestic abuse or just abuse generally, um, within relationships and everything else, what are we looking out for?
1: So there's a number of things to look at. I'm just uh, pulling up a great resource I have online, uh, from Ottawa, uh, to go through it so i don't miss anything and of course i can't find it right now uh, oh here it is so this is a great resource uh, it's called the ottawa coalition to end violence against women also known mm-hmm. as Va. and so what they do is they provide these resources for women to look out for and just anybody who's dealing with it um in terms of what to look out for i'm just going to quickly pull it up if not i can just tell you what i know in my mind um so, how to get help and what to to look out for so the idea is again to to look at somebody who to, to be aware of somebody who perhaps um, is is feeling very they look very fearful, right? Right now, I know in the pandemic right now, it's really hard because we know there's an increase of that, but somebody who looks very fearful, very nervous all the time, uh, not as happy, as engaged as they used to be, right? Always coming up with excuses for not joining, let's say activities at work, activities with friends, Family, as well as at the masjid or whatever center or groups and activities you're involved with. So, somebody who's constantly withdrawn like that, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody who is not as engaged as they used to be and always coming up with excuses. So, these types of things, right? You see, this person is they look 10, 20 years older than their actual age, right? The young people, perhaps, or even older, that they look even more tired and older. I remember somebody a few years ago who did not look herself at all. She looked 15 years older herself. The minute she got away from that situation, she didn't tell people what was going on, but you know what they kept telling her? You are shining. You look beautiful. You are glowing. Mm-hmm. SubhanAllah, how when you get away from such a situation, how it internally it changes you. And this person looked younger than they looked before. So these are some of the signs that I found is pretty, that are pretty common. And, and Sorry. these are, I think my earphones are about to die. So I've got my uh, wire ones just in case. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, so these are some of the signs that we see, right? Somebody who's constantly isolated, right? Of course, visible signs are things that you're going to see, such as bruises on them as well. And they're going to come up with excuses about them right? It, I, I think it's more not nice. necessarily the physical because people have a way of hiding the physical with good makeup and things like that. But also if you're out with the, the couple or the family and you can see the dynamics, the control, you can see the looks, huh? you can see how somebody's withdrawn while the other person is alight and all that. Sometimes they even show themselves to be okay, but they're really not, right? So these are some signs to look out for
0: and and what what do you do because I, I mean the you mentioned the 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 horrible case of the the family in canada that were killed by by the by the husband um after having returned to them like that's that's obviously the an extreme and probably you know the the, the worst potentially possible outcome um but how what action should you take at that point where you see something potentially wrong because often I know if you approach the individual, they might just deny it. They They will deny it. They will deny
1: it. it Because they're so in fear of actually accepting their circumstances. Mm. I recall a story of uh, a friend who confronted a friend of hers, okay? And said, why are you letting him manipulate you like that? Why are you Mm. letting him talk to you like that? She cut her friend off because she was terrified at that time to face the reality of it It took years later where she turned back to her friend and said, you were right. But she did not have the courage at the time to do what she needed to, to first to admit it, because it's hard to admit. Sometimes you're not even aware you're in an abusive situation, by the way, because it's the norm for you, unfortunately. Right? So when, when you do talk about, or sorry, when, sorry, just quickly, I just remembered one of the signs also to look for is somebody who is always sick. Huh? not going to work not going to class not attending not coming to family always an excuse not to come they're always sick that could be potentially part of it as well unless they truly are dealing with an illness right so that's something to be aware of as well
0: so uh, there's a lot to a lot to take in i know in. there's I, a lot to take I in, realized, here. in i realize, as an i realize that we were we were trying to do a lot within a short space of time but i think and and the comments are quite... Um, yeah, I'm
1: looking uh, at them right now.
0: It's quite telling that that people are so kind of invested in this topic, because I feel like it, it's, it's something that we all need to kind of be aware of. It's similar, I, to be honest, the way I see it is like, if you think about things like, you know, first aid training, something that we should all have, I feel like this on the kind of mental health side is also really important. So like if, if somebody has like a mental breakdown or whatever, how do you, how do you approach them? How do you support people? If someone is stressed, how do you support them? And similarly, if someone's kind of in an abusive relationship, number one, how do you identify it? And then how do you help and support? I think is, is really important for, for, for people to be aware of. But I think as we're having this conversation, I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed with just how much information there is and, and, and how Let's much. Let's take a little breather.
1: Let's let's take a an actual breather. So breathe in. Hold your breath. Focus on the breathing and focus how when the air gets in your lung and breathe it out because it is a lot. So let's take it down a notch. Okay. okay? We've spoken about the different types of abuse. We've explored the different types of abuse with different examples. We've looked at actual real life scenarios that have occurred people we know and people that we don't know that we hear about. Mm -hmm. People have been sharing great comments, support as well as, Great questions, which begs the question that we probably need to do another one on this. (laughs) Especially Um, because people are asking. It, It just shows you how, and I see people shout out to those people who I know personally who are dealing with this, and I see them here and they're being supportive. Bless you. All kisses and hugs to you guys. This is how you show support is by being there. Sometimes the person is not ready to hear. Sometimes you need some a few of you to go and talk to this person. Habibti, my darling, my friend your wife is abusing you, your partner, your husband's abusing you, your child is abusing you, your parent is abusing you. It's really hard to take that in. But we love you and we support you and we're here to help you. That can be a starter. And I've seen that done a few times. And it's very shocking at first for that person because they themselves weren't even aware, perhaps, that they were in such a situation. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the person who is not aware, it'll take them time to wake up to that right? Just like the examples that I gave you. Sometimes this person is dying and crying out for this help, and that's what they needed. But it's so scary to pick up and leave. It's not that simple. We talked about why. There could be the element of love still there. No matter what, this is the father of your children. This is somebody you fell in love with. You've developed a life together. You have financial uh, ties and responsibilities together. You have the house, whatever. There's those. There's also the shame of the community. What are people going to think? Right? There's also what we have in our religion as the least accepted halal, which is divorce. Right? There's, there's so much around that. But it's there for a reason. Yes, you try. Yes, you be patient at times. But then when all else, all else has not worked, it's time to think of a safety plan. And that website that I just uh, talked about here, um, let me bring it up again. This is the one that we use here, but there's all sorts of resources worldwide. Um, so people can look at that. It's the O-C-T-E-V-A-W. So October, you just put that in and you will find, and it will tell you step-by-step step what to do to get out of such a situation. So for those who are listening, I will describe what you need to do step-by-step step to leave such a situation. Hmm. First and foremost, Be smart. We need to be able right now to put the emotions aside, the hysterics and the emotions. I know this is hard, but this is where this needs to be put in a box on the shelf for now. This is how we deal with a traumatic incident that comes into our life. People automatically go into this mode by the way, right? Whether you're a refugee, whether you're dealing in war, most people tend to put that aside because they're in survival mode. You're in survival mode now emotions we're going to try to put aside you're going to try and get support if you can by texting or calling making sure there's no record of the abuser seeing that you are trying to get support okay next where are you going to go is there somebody that you can go to is there a shelter look for local shelters trust the family or friend that you can trust and help you whether it's through money or to help you go to them safely police do need to get involved at this point when you leave. You leave with important documents such as passports any documents that you can prove if there's any evidence that you can collect Before you decide to leave you need to collect evidence Document if it means taking pictures videos recordings have evidence of the abuse Because most times we hear it's his word against her word. So you need to have evidence this also includes with the abuser, the manipulator, will have a lot of control over documents and everything that you need, whether it's the house, the mortgage, or anything, you know, uh, assets or anything like that. Try as much as you can to do that. What people have done in the past is they take pictures, send them and delete them off their phone, and their friend or their family has that. So these are the things that some people do in the process. Then you have your safety plan of how you're gonna leave. You keep it minimal in terms of how many people know about this. You try to keep up pretenses with the person, meaning not to provoke them, not to get into fights. Try as much as you can to keep the situation calm so that you can leave safely. If on your phone, you have your GPS, you turn it off immediately after you leave. Do not answer their calls. And this is where your family or friends or whoever's involved in the safety plan call the police immediately because this person will call the police accusing you of kidnapping their child, especially when they realize that you've taken the passports and identifications. This is a safety plan that I've worked with clients, myself and people in the community. There's different ways of doing it, but you get the essentials, making sure you have evidence, make sure you have your documents, Make sure you have a plan of where you're going to go. Make sure there's no trail behind you to be followed and the police involved, a shelter involved, the authorities involved for your safety and the safety for other people as well because this person could potentially follow you somewhere or assume you were at this location where they can easily go and find you. This is where the police needs to get involved, potentially to press charges and also a restraining order. And I know this is so hard This is when we're dealing with extreme cases here of violence and abuse, right? If we're dealing in situations of mental and um, psychological and whatnot, you can still leave and put the protective measures in place. But there is the safety aspect of your life when there's already physical abuse involved. Or let's say this person could eventually get to that state.
0: So um, I just want to address a a few things so um, people are asking about access to this list that we've set out or that you've set out Uh, firstly obviously this podcast is going to be published people can listen back to it then in their own time we'll also publish the Instagram live so you can watch it back on Instagram Um, alongside that we'll have a write-up on our website um, and and I'll make sure that we include specifically this bit and we might even because I think everything you just outlined was was quite an important blueprint for people that might find themselves in this situation or or might know somebody that is in that situation and as I said like I think that alongside things like CPR first aid it's so important to to know what to do in a situation like this because you never know when this might occur right and to who and how and 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 whatever um there were a couple of questions that have come up, I think, whilst you were talking. Um, yes. One of them, I, I think, is quite straightforward. And it was asking about when, when starting a relationship, getting to know someone in the engagement period, for example, how, my, how open to be. If I can offer my own kind of answer to that, I would say you have to be as open um, as you I mean, look, essentially, and someone put it to me very nicely, said that mar- marriage is like a mirror being held up to you 24-7. So you know, normally you, you leave your house, you go out into the world and you're kind of like this nice jolly person with everyone and then you come home and you're grumpy and you shout at your parents and you're sat in front of the TV and you slouch and whatever. Yeah. Yet when you get married, you think, and especially in the engagement period a lot of, or, or like in the courting period, let's say, a lot of people are able to put up that jolly face with people and then it's only when you move in together, suddenly you come home and you want to be grumpy and, and you want to sit in front of the TV and not talk and be rude but you realize that I've just been lying to this person for so long, telling them I'm this fun person outside. And I think that's where a lot of times, you know, relationships start to crack. And so that's where personally I would advise and say that you have to be yourself from day one when you're getting yes. to know someone. Um, nobody is perfect. As much as you, you might think your imperfections are horrendous, like everybody has their imperfections. And, mm-hmm. and it, it's a, a perfect relationship is about two imperfect people coming together and fitting together well. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, the second question, which I wanted to maybe put at you um, is about the community. And I think this is really important because we're having the conversation. Um, before
1: we get to that, may okay, I just yeah. add?
0: Sorry, please. Now,
1: if your partner has during the engagement period has been married before or has been involved in another relationship, see if you can actually talk to the ex partner, Huh? find out because if it was an amicable breakup and there's nothing to be concerned about, you know, just, Oh, differences or whatever, then that's fine. Also look in your partner to see what they say in terms of what responsibility did they have in the breakup of this relationship. If somebody honestly talks about their role and their responsibility, what they did rather than constantly blaming the other person, you've got somebody who's potentially being open right but then they could also be very good as part of the manipulation but i think this is something that needs to be addressed during the engagement period or getting to know period is what role did you play in the breakup of this relationship and if you see that they are constantly blaming the other person and talking about how evil and wicked and da 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 the other person is <laughs> that's a sign right there so yes as part of the community your question brother yes
0: yeah, so so the community so someone asked above was about how we um how the community progresses in this light of addressing abuse. Because very early on, you spoke about the fact that when we got, when we're going to sheikhs with problems, especially women, they're told to be patient, just be patient with him. Oh, you know, I'm sure he didn't mean it. And, and, and I, I know as well, people in my, in my own life firsthand who have had this experience and have struggled to, to get a divorce because people, you know, because the sheikh is constantly just making excuses for an abusive husband. And, And again, that's me, not wanting to swear on an Instagram live, but, you know, a, a horrible kind of human being. Um, yes. And, and there still is, I think a lot of work to be done, but at the same time, I think a lot of positive work is being done. So Lisa, for example, using her platform um, as, as this huge kind of fashion designer producer, I'm, I'm not sure of her official role, but you know, she, she has Verona collection that she's, the director of I believe very
1: hard to get to has worked
0: very hard and and she's now also kind of taken the risk and I think it is a risk because people don't like um the murkiness of talking about domestic abuse and whatever else but she's using her platform to highlight that and her own story and really be able to kind of um help people and I think the more the more that these conversations are taking place and this is a prime example just seeing the kind of the comments and the questions that are coming in it's clearly a a, a topic and, and and a and a conversation that isn't being had enough in our community. Um, so there's a lot more that needs to be done. But what what do you think can be done? How can how can we get there?
1: All right, so my lunch hour is up, so I'm oh, going to wrap realized. up with this last comment. <laughs> That's okay. We'll finish up and inshallah we can discuss this more another time. Because when we start talking, sure. you and I, when you and I start talking, we just keep going with these discussions because there's just so much in it. It's vital that our community, just like we started talking about mental health the last few years and being open to that, that this is the, one of the biggest topics because the sheikhs are bombarded with this. You talk to any sheikh in a community, he will tell you he's the frontline worker and a family. Meeting mediator because he's the first person that, that people go to right? The people in these positions and alimas as well. So there needs to be an open discussion with mental health professionals, social workers, the authorities. And I know there's a tr- distrust of that, right? Because we also have to be careful that if there are children under the age of 16 involved in a domestic abuse situation, the authorities of the city of the the, county, or the country, really they can take the children away and, and people are terrified of that. Right? So there needs to be an awareness of working together, Okay, the community heads need to make it safe for women and men, mostly for women, because that's what the statistics are, to come to them and be able to trust them to help them. If they're not going to put a stop to this person and their behavior, they need to support them and make it safe for people to come. Right. And having these discussions is part of that. And we need more people within our community when they come to you for help to not push them away or judge them. Right? Mm-hmm. And this is haq. This is standing up against injustice. Are we all just lip service in our community? Huh? Are we just talking about Imam Hussein, Fatima Zahra, and Lady Zainab and the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Is this just lip service when we talk about their lives? Or are we truly embodying what they stood for in terms of standing up against injustice, huh? And standing up for the vulnerable. So when we are talking about the community, let's reflect on that and stop being hypocrites, telling an abused woman to be patient when she is being beaten down in her children. Allahu Akbar. You are not worthy of wearing that imama. You are not worthy of standing and having that position in your center when you know what's happening in that household and you are not standing up against that injustice. So it comes down to our own moral reflections here. How do you choose to stand up against this? This is an issue that is happening worldwide. It is happening in our community as well and we need to change the narrative and women and men who are experiencing abuse have to feel safe coming together. It's not me telling you now go get help. That's not how it works. It's not how it works. We are responsible to make the victims feel safe to come to us to get support. Otherwise, we will have another story, and another, and another, like that Somali mother who went back to her husband because of the lack of community support, and she got murdered, her and her children. What is the conscience on that community? And on that note, I leave it at that. It's harsh, but sometimes we need to have this harsh reality when we talk about this subject to save more lives
0: thank you thank you very much for 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 your time and 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 i know you're you've got to go back to work i really appreciate and i'm sure the audience as well really appreciate you um taking the time out. i'm gonna let you go and i'll just wrap up with 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 everyone if that's all right just so you can get back to it um but but thank you again for your time thank you inshallah we'll speak more about this
1: um
0: so unfortunately that's that's the end of our time um with sister Barak. um I know there's been a lot that's, that a lot of people have been commenting and we haven't been able to kind of address everything. Um, someone was asking for sister Barack's contact details. Um, if anyone would like to get in touch with her or has anything else on this topic, cause I appreciate it's a very sensitive topic. We can't just leave things hanging um, as such. Uh, if you would like to um, message us, um, if there's anything that we can do to, to help and support and point you in the right direction, um, please do that. Please message us on Instagram. Um, and if you need to speak to sister brack we can do that and that um i think is about it for today thank you guys very much for for being a part of the conversation and for um your comments as well i think it's it's really interesting to see the response and i like doing or having these conversations live because we we see how much there is um in terms of response from you guys and everything that that you're uh, going through and what i guess topics Um, resonate with the audience is really important just in terms of um, looking forward so as mentioned this is going to be out as a podcast this weekend in fact which I know is Eid weekend maybe not the right kind of conversation topic but um, it it, it is what it is really we're we're going to be releasing this on Sunday inshallah Um, we are also planning um, to do a quiz next Friday I believe which is going to be live on YouTube and I think Instagram as well um, we have some cash prizes uh, or, or some voucher prizes that uh, how how much about three hundred pounds worth of vouchers that we'll be going we're going to be giving away um, to various different outlets. We're going to start promoting that very soon, so do look out for that. Um, in terms of next podcast or next conversation with Barack, I'm not sure. It's probably going to be soon, um, but do subscribe, follow us on Instagram if you haven't already um and we'll keep you updated going forward if you have any suggestions do send them through um we're always checking our messages and our emails and everything else and we rely ultimately we, we want to be able to create content for you guys and have the conversations that um aren't being had elsewhere or that need to be had I think on on kind of this uh scale and platform so i think with that we'll probably end thank you guys very much for um for being here and we will be back soon inshallah take care salam um so that was the podcast um with sister barack uh i i appreciate there was quite a lot to to take in um i think the first half of it there was just so much going on and obviously it's quite a difficult conversation to have um because some of the examples that she gave and and often when you've heard of of these things happening it's it's just heartbreaking to think that there are people's lives that have been destroyed ruined and and changed and, and people have, have have changed themselves and and you know often will struggle to recover from the trauma that they've experienced through like a very difficult um abusive relationship um but there was I, I feel like there was a lot to unpack there um a lot of people that were interacting with us on on instagram as well had their own stories and their own questions and it provides a very interesting insight to understand the way that people think a lot of people were talking about abuse from families as opposed to within a within a marital relationship um, and I think that's also something that we have addressed previously on the podcast. But it's, it's so important to think about that. Like, it's not just about how we are with our spouses, but it's also about how we are with our kids, with our parents, with our cousins, with our uncles, our aunts and everything in between. Um, and it's I, I think it's probably the conversation topic is a lot closer to home for people than maybe even I anticipated before we had this conversation, just based on the response um, that we were getting live and in real time, and there were probably more listeners. So we had, I think, over a thousand people over the course of that conversation tuned in. Um, obviously, not all at the same time, but it 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 just goes to show that when when you discuss something, sometimes you think that oh yeah, you know, it's 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 an important conversation, but you don't realize just how much. Um, people are kind of living this and thinking this and, and, and maybe have experienced it um, and it's it's kind of um, it's kind of crazy to think but you know, al- Alhamdulillah I'm, I'm so glad that we have this platform and we have the capability to have these conversations and hopefully, hopefully, hopefully um, someone will listen to this and, and spot signs of abuse or whatever it might be early on in their own relationships or in somebody else's and and is able to take action very quickly um to avoid uh further kind of hurt and heartbreak and 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 everything else and i think just reflecting back on the conversation i had with uh lisa um on the podcast a while ago again we'll put the link to the description it will put the link to that in the description but she she briefly spoke about and, and i know she's also posted about it quite a lot as well how difficult it was and this is the thing that i think is 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 um really important to appreciate for her as a mother i believe of two or three at the time i can't remember and i apologize uh, Lisa, if you're listening if if i've misquoted the facts but to pick up and leave like a stable secure home environment and and to suddenly go out on your own being a single parent looking after kids um whilst obviously trying to maintain a business and have an income and everything else and it's, it's not easy, um, you know, it can't, I, I can't even begin to imagine or, or pretend like I know what that feels like to have that level of, of insecurity and knowing that you know, the only security that you have comes essentially with abuse um, and having to then decide between not knowing whether you'll be able to eat tomorrow or, or where you're going to live um, going forward versus having a roof over your head having having a roof over your head having food but also being in a in a toxic and abusive relationship Um, so I I guess just a a quick shout out to Lisa and to all the individuals out there who have stepped away from an abusive relationship and and essentially put their faith in, in Allah and have had supportive family and friends or had none of that and, and just had to had to really struggle and i know that there are so many people in this struggle but i yeah i i don't know i just hope and pray that you know we're we're able to um open up this conversation and hopefully open the community's eyes to the the reality that so many people live in and the support that people need um so i guess yeah if, if you're listening to this and you know someone who who is a single parent or has you know stepped away from a relationship whether you know if it's abusive or not I think you know try and reach out to them ask them if they need any help support and sometimes and and there was a conversation going on in the comments of our Instagram live that was just talking about listening and a lot of the times it's just about being there for somebody Um, it's so so important but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I again, I, I appreciate that this is kind of like people are going to be listening to this on Eid slash after Eid, and it's not the most light conversation. Um, but I think it's a really important one, and especially with you know the number of um, cases of domestic abuse on the rise due to coronavirus, people are locked at home. Um, I thought you know it's important to have this conversation so people are more vigilant, more aware, um, and yeah that's that's pretty much it uh thank you guys for for tuning in if you this is the first podcast you're listening to please do subscribe um we try to produce uh a, a weekly episode um and we talk about why uh, a wide 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 variety of things um i always suspect by the way that nobody makes it this far in the podcast so i feel like i have license to say what i kind of want and know that like two people might hear this um but yes thank you guys for for listening um if you did make it this far then i assume you have enjoyed um this podcast found it informative and and interesting and would implore and encourage you to uh support the muslim vibe on a on a regular basis um just as little as, as oh god i really can't speak today um just as little as 10 pounds a month Uh, would go an awfully long way to helping us create more fantastic content um, and keep providing our content for free for our audience, um, be it podcasts, videos, Instagram stories, um, articles and and everything in between. Um, Yeah, thank you guys very much. Uh, Take care, stay safe, Eid Mubarak. And we'll be back next week, inshallah, with another great podcast. Thank you, guys.